thank you for listening to a Parkwood Home Companion. This is episode number 118. I'm Joshua Pollock, one of the pastors of Parkwood Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Back again with Pastor Manny Kaiser. And we're covering pre-mill today. Yeah. So we're back into My Church Didn't Teach That. And we've been looking at the millennial viewpoints. And yeah. we, we, we covered a few of them. And uh, it's been a thousand years. For so. sure. Did you get my, you got my image I sent you of uh, yes, millennialism with coffee beans? Yeah, I, thought, that I thought that was, was funny. Yeah. Pre-mill is good at that point. Uh, <laughs> Post-mill. I'm not so much, I guess. but Yeah. I thought that was so stupid. Yeah. So if you, if you know the church curmudgeon, uh, that's a, a social media account on a couple different platforms he's, he's been running. He's been, been going for years. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing church curmudgeon on Twitter back in. Yeah, almost a decade ago. Yeah. But, so. the, yeah uh, go follow Church Curmudgeon, and uh, you'll, you'll recognize the face. Church, uh, Church Curmudgeon and Russell Pastor are real people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there was a guy that was a youth minister. I think he might still actually work for a church or not, but uh, me. <laughs> what? He got fired. No, no, he didn't get fired. <laughs> he, he was running memes for G... He, Oh, Memes for Jesus? He got hacked on yeah. Facebook and somebody took over the account and he had to start all over. But it, yeah, Memes for Jesus. And that's, he's, they've actually got like three or four employees now that really? run full time on that. How do you do that? And then there's Honest Youth Pastor, who I think is still functioning as a youth pastor on Instagram. I don't know but Honest he posts, Youth Pastor. Honest Youth Pastor does some, some good stuff. But he actually does some ministerial stuff. This is all like sarcastic, like, you know. Sort of. It's a lot like of memes. Funny. A lot of memes, a lot of jokes. Yeah. But is honest, it meme? Can you can you define that? Is it is it meme, or is it mimi? I think it's meme. I've always heard meme. So memeing, yeah. Because isn't it uh, doesn't it have like a a thing? Like there's like a it's m e m e is like I have a like a into the origins like of the a term. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like a thing. Okay. It's uh like gif. Or GIF. Or GIF. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think there's like an actual. Is there, is there a, a ongoing argument over how to pronounce meme? That's correct. And what it actually means. Okay. Like, so, like, that's why it's no longer what it originally intended, just like a GIF and a GIF. Yeah. There. And so now meme is like its own thing. But I think it's meme. Meme. But not I meme is much better. I've never heard anybody say meme. 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 I think it's meme. I think that's what it is. Because of how the what the words mean. So like I'm, it's graphic. Um, so at, at, at what point, this is, this is actually, this is, I'm, I'm narrating a book on anti realism. And it's, <laughs> and, are you serious? Yeah. Anti realism? Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's, it's not like the classic postmodern like conceptualization. Yeah. I think one of them has a, philosophy background there there are plenty in terms of basically where our culture joins it's been mm-hmm. fairly interesting but they went into language yesterday and it was you know there's uh l'academy francaise is the official academy of like yeah. this is the french language yes. and they're like we won't use the term french fries uh yeah. and and they it was basically saying the academy can say whatever they want but at some point the majority populace takes over language yeah so even if it is meme, it's not going to the, be. The millions of people online say meme. Right. Congratulations, it's now meme. Right. We we have you know common vernacular. 
is it's uh, it's uh, something transition me- language media some <clears throat> something or some something something media I'm trying to remember just like uh like uh uh gif is uh or gif mm-hmm. it's a graphic interface inter- interface yeah something that so yeah. i forget i think it was, it was originally short for mimeo okay so I don't know. But I'm trying to remember. I the guy I wish I had my phone, I could Google it. But the I'm guy the phone. that created the GIF or mm-hmm. GIF mm-hmm. came out and weighed in on which one it was. Yeah. And everybody just kind of Yeah, because he <laughs> said it like it's like guh graphics. Yeah. Guh GIF, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's like, no. It's like the emoji like guy. Do you yeah. know the the guy that created the emoji? You heard all that story? No. So um there used to be for everybody that's listening that's a uh, sub born before or after 1994 or 93. So 93, the first emoji. I think it was back? like 91, 92. It was the first chat room. Okay. So what was happening is these uh, the the intranet, not the internet. So we're talking about the like intranet, the, the sideways when you still had to type out the emoji. It wasn't like that's right. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. so what happened is they were texting things like what happens now people text stuff and they don't know how to communicate emotion and mm-hmm. so people were getting frustrated at one another and so then what so the, you mean texting is isn't the ideal form of communication that's, that's that correct that's correct correlates all nuance that's and, correct yeah so so they were looking for a way and uh, this guy was looking at his keyboard and realized that a colon and a um ending parenthesis could be is it parenthesis? Yeah. yeah. Could be a smile. And so that's what happened. Mm. And then they that just became like like a thing. And then they created a whole their group created the first like set emojis of emoji. set of, you know, these are the characters, wow. how you make them. And then it, it birthed on until now. They're not emojis, they're emojis now. Yeah. They're emoti- they're emoticons now or something. There's okay. what is it? It's emoticon. Emoji, and then now there's uh, Apple has I didn't know there was a whole a different name, yeah, a whole different name. So, what is it? Apple says something now we have pregnant men, uh, <laughs> yeah, but what's the so, um, what do they call it where they blend your uh, animojis? Oh, the the ones that do the face capture, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. so yeah. animojis, and uh, and um, if you didn't believe in you know human depravity in a fallen world, we got the emoji movie out of this within yeah. what. 20 years easily yeah so easily. so but yeah it's, send, that's send it work right there so yeah. the all of this all of this if for those of you who aren't aware all of this comes out of a little tiny lab in california where they were trying to create the next thing 30 to 40 years ahead uh, before it was the thing mm. and so we uh, got hieroglyph yeah what's it uh uh, Eno Park, so it's called Eno Park, and uh, okay, yeah. those people Silicon Valley pretty much created everything we're doing now, forty years ago, and uh, they're I mean just unbelievable geniuses that just basically had all the money in the world to figure out stuff. Yeah, and so that they're all that's all part of that that group. And then there was this guy Steve Jobs who heard about some of the stuff they were doing, and just started doing it. Mm-hmm. And then Apple Computers. And there was this other guy who was trying to work it out and heard about some of the stuff they were doing 
and started ran with it uh, in the business world and in the public space, and his name's Bill Gates. So those two people right there took what was happening in this little thing that IBM was fronting the dollars for mm-hmm. and basically changed the world. It's, it's crazy the uh, speed of advancement, mm-hmm. especially within technology. I saw something um, the other day. It was basically a side-by-side of like, here's the Wright brothers, mm-hmm. and here's a man on the moon, and those are 60 years apart. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you look at it that way. Yeah, so the um what is it? it's the there's a law. It's the dude that invented it, the law. And it's a um a a curve, mm-hmm. a technology curve, and I forget what but it's some it's built on the the development of processors. Yeah. And uh oh, I can't think of his name, but that law has now been applied to all technology. So okay. what was originally created as um, it's a, it's a doubling. Yeah. So type advancement law. begets quicker advancement. Yeah. So so it used to just when he invented it, he invented it based on how the processor was being developed. So you had an entire floor mm-hmm. of computers that were doing computational stuff like addition and subtraction. Yeah. And in that time, the way that he was watching that floor go from a floor of computers to a box in your home to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. He did a calculation, and that calculation became this curve. If you're one of our listeners, you can tell us what's curve. Probably the guy in Dublin knows. Yeah. So, um, or the female in Dublin. I don't. They in Dublin. <laughs> so the the um, so that curve, and now it's applied to all innovation. And when they back, when they back it up, there is a huge shift in where like this began to like change the way people interacted and that that what you talked about so mm-hmm. from wright brothers to the moon is 60 years is moore's law moore's law yes so so from the from the wright brothers to the moon 60 years well the reason why elon and everyone are pushing to go to mars mm-hmm. is because when you calculate distance and you calculate time it is an achievable goal before he dies based oh, yeah. on moore's law so like like you think about how we could probably get there now. It's right. just building the the stuff. That well, it's a one way trip now. Yeah, that's the issue. Like you're basically sending people on a suicide mission mm-hmm. for science, and that has been done before. I mean, people used to send people on boats, yeah, all around the world as a suicide mission for discovery and for Spain and for France and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But so that's where it's the privatization of it, it's going to be okay because you can privately send people on suicide mission, but NASA can't. You know, that's like a big deal. The government can't Have you watched do um, that unless you've got a, a... For All Mankind? I have not watched that yet, but I've heard it's pretty good. I've enjoyed it. It's on its third season. That's the girl astronaut, right? No, it's... it's it, well, yeah, there were girl astronauts, but it, yeah, yeah. it's Apple... And it starts with the space race, but it's an alternate timeline where Russia got to the moon first. Yeah, that's a um, but the, it, the dude, what's his name? Andy Griffin guy. Isn't he the guy that make that up? What's his name? Ron uh, Howard. Uh, Howard. I don't think Ron Howard. I thought that, that was him. Okay. No, no. no this is a not the actor. He's the uh, he's the producer. I I got to go back and see if he's. I think I he is. Maybe not. Okay, I thought it was. Uh, but yeah. It, it, it's it's progressed through the decades at this point, mm-hmm. and they're 
the latest season they're they're in a freeway race to Mars and it's there's like a a tech mogul character that mm-hmm. is one competing with the US and Russia and Right. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, I have not checked that out yet, but I will. I like space and I'm enjoying all the space stuff right now. Yeah. So it's been really cool. But yeah, so that's so yeah, Moore's Law. And uh Which means ten years. It doesn't now. work in churches. I tried it. <laughs> Moore's Law does not work in churches. So just to be clear How would that work? Just to be clear that you cannot innovate and you cannot keep moving forward in an existing church. Moore's Law is undermined by Murphy's Law. Mm. Yeah. So if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. (laughs) And spiritual warfare. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, we, uh, you may have noticed we, we, we weren't around last week. So, uh, some people missed us. Thank you, Miss Polly. Um, For everybody else, we're we're jumping back in. She was in Sunny Aspen. <laughs> I mean, she really is in Aspen. But every time I think of Aspen, That's I always think Sunny Aspen. Uh, Warm Sunny Aspen. Is that um? Uh, it's dumb, dumb and dumber. dumber. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Sunny Aspen. Oh man. <laughs> I just the end of the movie where they were supposed to get on the bus with the uh, the bikini team. Yeah. And Jim Carrey's like, no, no, no. My character would never be that smart. Yeah. Yeah. Town's back that way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Okay. Uh, we're we're they just writing back the movie. In. They wrote the movie as they were filming yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's how you work I with saw, those guys. I saw something the other day and it was um, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. The, the original, uh, not the original, the uh, animated Aladdin with Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And they said at the end of that, they had over 16 hours of Robin Williams riffing. On all of this different oh stuff. Oh my goodness. I and it was it. so much improv that it disqualified them from some award for uh, screenwriting. <laughs> so it was like, oh, they, they couldn't because. They couldn't because so much of it was improv by Robin Williams. It was just oh like, oh my goodness. Okay. You don't even think about that. Like, no. I never thought about that. Like, so as an actor, you have to read what they say or they can't get their. Maybe. Yeah. Their award for. Like, they fit it in. It was quality stuff. Aladdin's great. Great film. Wow. But, that's interesting. Yeah. A whole new world. Mm. Anyway, okay, we're gonna, we're jumping back in. Uh, so this is eventually going to cover uh, a millennial view of Revelation twenty. We've covered schools of interpretation. Today's is probably going to fit in most with the futurist school, which believes that most of the book of Revelation is yet to have happened, and it is somewhere in the future. Uh, we've looked at post mill and ah mill, so go back and. And look at those, listen to those episodes. But you need uh, to do it at like 2.0. Uh, yeah, just go real fast or, or skip the 30 minutes of banner in the front. No, we we sound funny. Sometimes I listen to us on 2.0. Oh, fast? We sound funny. Oh, we, we got a little Alvin the Chipmunks thing going? Well, like some of our words don't sound like our words. Oh. But see, this is this is where recording ourselves is dangerous. We're leaving a paper trail and people are going to. Yeah. You know how I want, I have not tried to play it backwards yet. We've got enough recording out there now. I'm sure the government could sample and recreate our voices. Have you seen that stuff? Yes, that yeah. is sick. So if you see any deep fakes of Pastor Manny or myself doing really horrible things online, it's not us. How do you prove that it's a deep fake? Yeah, I don't know. You like, probably, how do you do that? Because there's like real, like really oh, yeah. good. But how, how do you prove it? The only ones that I've seen are ones where they take the original video and the deep fake video and put it side by side. But what if it's never something that was ever there's like whole deep fake original social media accounts now. I know. There's a guy that his career is being fake Tom Cruise. 
Yeah. You told me about him and I looked him up. That was funny. Yeah. That but was I like funny. he's he's at like movie premieres now and, and they have him <laughs> as fake Tom Cruise like jumping on people and <laughs> and fake Tom Cruise. Yeah. And then uh, there's there's some guy that keeps he's I think he's just doing Lord of the Rings riffs right yes. now, but he's sitting on the couch as Gandalf and you know, it's like it looks like Gandalf, you know. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. That is uh, insane. So, like, how do you do that? That's just insane. My friend, uh, Bo, anyway, it's, is doing it's not that. us. Whatever's online, it's not us. Yeah, neither one of us go online, which is a problem. <laughs> we, we we're an online media team that does it online. We're, we're hopefully not uh, going to be videotaped doing anything uh, horrendous. That that's that is, Manny's past life. That is and, not uh, anything I've, I can declare. I cannot. I cannot say that that won't happen. I can say there will be an attempt, <laughs> and that there are safeguards around me not to happen, but I cannot say never. Safeguards? Really? You have safeguards? Okay. Yeah. You tell me and my wife tell me to do not to do stuff. If you're qualifying me as a safeguard, you're, you might be in trouble. But. <laughs> okay. Let's get on to everybody's favorite segment, uh, Pastor Manny Here's the News. Okay, yeah. So we are a couple of weeks behind. A uh, couple of... Fun ones. Monkeypox is floating around. That's a big issue now. Yeah, uh, that's so silly. Apparently, it's sexually transmitted. So just don't do that, and you won't get monkeypox. Yeah, uh, that's so silly. Yeah, it's so silly. I think they're just taking advantage of, of the oh, CDC and the, the World Health Organization. Yes. They've got your attention. So while they have your attention, they might as well give you some some crazy stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to continue to control you, and they're they're looking at remasking in California and all this other stuff. Oh yeah, dude. It's hey hey for real. There, there's some stuff out there that's nasty. Yeah. So just um, ignore that and go on with your life. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, just just live your life. Uh, I wonder if monkeypox will make it into the slideshow at college. Your college <laughs> entrance. I don't know if you had that at the college you went to, but at Florida State, you had to sit through the health talk. I did not have a health talk. Yeah, that was really was tough. Baptist College. Slideshow. So they- they looked the other way and assumed that all of the college kids were not drinking or having illicit sex. Oh, uh, no, there was there was definitely... Yeah, uh, state school was like, yeah, we know. Well, you had to sit through that thing, and you're sitting there, and it's really uncomfortable, and they're showing you all the dangers of those things in college. Anybody ever seen I, herpes scars? Yes. You do now. I think yeah. monkeypox is going to get there. Monkeypox yeah, will be in the slideshow. I think I've seen a couple pictures of the boils. Those are some nasty things. Yeah. This is Dude, not pox you want. There's stuff that can grow on your body. Yeah. does not ever you, need to be you on your body. It. So don't do not do that stuff and don't get monkeypox. Uh, political news. Uh, fun stuff. So did you hear about Jill Biden's speech? Jill. No. The first lady. Uh, no. I mean, was she talking about the bicycle accident? No. No, no, no. They sent her out. This is, uh, again, old news, but I just find it funny. No, I didn't um, hear anything. So she's, apparently the news as of today or recently was that she's fired her speechwriter um, or press secretary. She didn't person. pre-read it? Read it? Yeah. Read it. <laughs> Maybe they should have uh, read it. Apparently not. But I. <laughs> she, I mean, how do you do that? You they, they sent her uh, to speak at a, uh, not a Latino conference it was a latinx Latinx. yeah latinx is the new one yeah uh but nobody in the latin community actually has adopted that it's just white liberal people no Um, no no i've heard it now like from a couple people but you do have to listen oh yeah no no i i know that's what they're trying to force no i'm talking about the the majority of from so there's this lady she hosts a radio show and she calls it latinx 
radio show. She's Latin too. Yeah. Or she's his from Hispanic South American origin. Yeah. But she calls it Latinx. The Latinx move. Yeah. It's so like we're, a millennial. Remove- it's a millennial Latinos. No. Yeah. It's a degendering of the Latin language. Because they want to put everybody together? It's because gendering is wrong. And yes. Latino so, is a gender? Latino and Latina are male and female. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's like real Spanish? Yes. No. That's a, that's a made up word. Latino? Isn't that a made up word? And Latina? Those are, those are, those are made up words. What do you think the X was replacing? I thought the Latin X was multiply all the different Latin countries. No. Yeah, I'm going to Google that. Go ahead. This man. is news okay. to me. Anyway. This is news to me. <laughs> I thought for sure. So this is this is. I thought be... it was like Generation X. No. Like it's just like, you know, a multiplier no, 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 of no. everybody it's, in the generation. It's them trying to lump all Latin people <clears throat> into one, you know, amalgam of people and degender them and make them a left voting block. Ah, that's deep state. <laughs> All right, bud. Uh, anyway, well, Jill Biden was speaking at the Latinx conference, and right. if Jill Biden is speaking. Well, oh, there it, were no genders there. Uh, apparently not. Uh, <laughs> but she managed to. Well, no, she she. Cla- <laughs> this is this All right, was the so what story. Happened? She didn't classify them in genders. She classified them as something else. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so that's not good. And, and whoever. Uh, if it's amazing, it took them this long to fire the speechwriter or press secretary, whoever they they can t- this week. They had to throw somebody out. But in the midst of the speech, she said, "And we love the diversity of the Latin people from the um, uh, bodegas of New York." So she mispronounced bodegas. That. That, it, it was supposed to be bodegas, but she said, bodegas. "Which is not a good word." Yeah. Anyway, right? Isn't that like the slums? Um, I, I guess so, but it's, it's now kind of referencing the stores and grocery stores within okay. the, the New York Latin community. Okay. Um, and, and she said to the, um, I think it was lilies or, or fla- some type of flower of Miami, which nobody had any clue what she was talking about. People right. like went and looked up what these were and they only could find like one Latin perfume from the nineties that had anything to do with this, this rose. But the one that really got her in trouble was she was in Texas. And so she's referring to them as being diverse as the bodegas, the flowers of Miami, or the breakfast tacos of San Antonio, (laughs) which every Latin in the country went, we're not breakfast tacos, yeah, (laughs) Miss First Lady. That's that's horrible. There's a whole bunch of Republican Latins, too. Oh, yeah. No, like, they, I mean, that's a, that's a major, major voting block for the Republican Party. Female, there's, there's two female Latinas that have just been elected in Texas to, um, I think, one of the areas, I want to say the Rio Grande area of Texas, mm-hmm. had not had a Republican representative since 1924. Yeah. And they just elected her. The, the Latina pop, Latino population is... Uh, rapidly switching camps there well, i mean it's, that's crazy yeah so it's 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 become a big concern for sorry uh, joe for the left but the funnier one of these i can't believe breakfast taco yeah so it that was that was going around for i mean that's a, like saying taco bell's so. latin yeah yeah well breakfast tacos are a thing in san antonio um yeah but, but which uh, san antonio is tex-mex which is about as americana as you can get there's there's plenty of Mexican people there, but I know. But what I'm saying is, it's like yeah, a, it's a it's a hybrid of yeah. Hispanic and you know 
Texas. But but like, the joke is like, what what other demographic are you going? It's like go an to avocado, something like that. But I, are you going to describe any other demographic by a, a food? It's like, well, I mean, all meat you potatoes. lasagnas out there, and you know, it's not happening. meatballs. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. like, yeah, so that, like, you say okay, that in New York. How how racist could you be? Um, and then is is so the, the so thing. so is it racism if you use food? It's got to be some other. It's got to be foodie. Everything else is racism. It's got to be foodie. Everything else is racism. It's just yeah. they're on the left. So that's it's not crazy. Racism. But yeah, she called them all breakfast tacos, which is uh, everybody. Had so they a were lot trying. Of of she was trying to the speech was trying to in, endear people to yes. her colloquialisms so that she was like hip and up and on it. Yeah. But instead. Defamed but a whole lot in her of people. Brain went. I probably shouldn't say this, and just went along with it. Was um, it forceful? And you breakfast tacos of San Antonio, like to me, like a, little, yeah. It was, it was supposed to be kind of a, a point like that. Uh, but that is going to be a meme. So she, yeah. Uh, no, that's going to be no, a meme. It's it's very best. The my personal favorite, and this is, I love. This is news to me. I love the the populace that went out and made this happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly didn't know that Google Maps was crowdsourced uh, to this degree. Yeah. Um, it's like a big deal. So President Biden fell off his bicycle. Right. Uh, when he was home. They already made a, a point, a at, way marker. At, oh, way point. wait for it. Wait for it. At, at Delaware in a park outside of Rehoboth yeah. Beach. Right. So I found the exact spot where he fell off the bike and crowdsourced. And it is now marked on Google Maps, big castle, like, and it says Brandon Falls. <laughs> you can find Brandon Falls on the park. And, that won't uh, last very long. Oh, it's it, uh, that's going to get pulled. You better you better get your screenshots now, fellas, because I've, that's going to get pulled. I, and and with that, uh, people, I it's going to be a pokey stop next. Well, um, <laughs> there there was. I guess it's difficult to get to, so it couldn't be a a massive trend. But there were a lot of photos floating around of people biding. And going to Brandon Falls and then laying down on the road with their bike. Yeah, I saw some of those some of those so, pictures. They're yeah. hilarious. I I also saw the ones that you said a couple of months ago, or is it months ago? Whatever it happened, and um, about the people they were like swapping in and out. The people that were like helping them. Yeah, <laughs> with movie people, that was funny. Oh, they're so silly. Oh, so silly. But you know what? At least it's all. Like, you know, there's at least some some fun stuff, you know. That was what I really appreciated with uh with Trump. There was always fun stuff. Yeah. You know, I was a little worried. I, I didn't gone. I didn't think we were gonna get fun stuff with Biden, but we are. And so sleepy grandpa Joe, man. You're, so that yeah. was good. Uh, the the latest one I saw was all the times that he smells people. Yes. Have you seen that one? That was pretty funny. Yeah. God bless the Babylon B. When he got COVID the next day, it said Biden immediately runs to nearest elementary school to get a few sniffs in before he loses his sense of smell. <laughs> that that to me That's good stuff. That to me is is hilarious. Only in America can you do that, just to let you know. Oh yeah. In yeah. every other country, if you mess up the head of state, you try <laughs> that with Putin. Like it's just not happening. People have. And you, they're, yeah, they're gone. You, you're yeah. you're sleeping with the fishes. I mean which is another thing that you say about a certain demographic of people. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you're gonna do it. Pacific still, Northwestern. Is all there this, is, all the fishermen out there? Is like uh, there used to be a thing like dragons like tacos. Is that gonna be like 
replayed out to like you know Jill loves tacos. I don't know or burritos I, no, or burritos. Nothing burritos. has staying power anymore. It's it's out of the cycle in forty eight hours at most. So oh man. It's so I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I did not hear. I the, I did not. I did not know any of those. And I still am. <clears throat> I'm not buying into Latinx. I'm gonna look that up. Go look it up. That's, I'm gonna look yes, it up. It's it just, might be a, a con- it's an attempt to reform language. It might um, be, but see, here's here's you're reading the book about it now. You're you're going through it right now, and so <laughs> I knew about Latinx before. Reading no, the book. what I'm is saying that? is is it's really an issue with language and how the culture reinterprets the language. Like, I mean, I've heard this lady on the radio show, the Latinx well, no, they, radio show, talk so about the all issue the time. Getting pointed out is that in this. She's instance. not talking about it as a gender neutral. She's talking about it as, you know, it's it's Colombia, it's uh Spain, it's you know, there's all these, you know, Spanish speaking peoples that are all different and unique and they're Okay. You know, but that's the way she like communicates it. And so like that's why I'm thinking like Maybe that's how she's communicating. But what I'm saying it, but... is now if culture yeah. and like the 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 popular media takes it and moves it one direction, that's what it will be. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the end result of postmodernism. When you abandon a standard form of, you know, belief about a language and it can be anything, then you pretty much are at will of whatever the popular belief is. Like, I mean, we just talked about with like a meme or a GIF. I mean, it doesn't matter what reality is. It doesn't Mm. matter. And you're reading the book, right? So like if Latinx really isn't about that, but that's what it's become, that's what it will be. And that's what my kid will learn it as. So that's kind of how it moves, which is kind of sad. Yeah. So I mean that's that's a whole whole all of postmodernism. I mean when you go secularism, human humanism, you know postmodernism. I don't even know what's next. Probably chaos. Probably uh, there's there's got to be something that that sees sees that next wave. Probably in what's the androgenism? That's probably going to be like a thought. Like there's going to be a no non-sectarianism you know androgenism like no like an absence of uh an absence of division mm. so a, a cultural absence of division and if it's a cultural absence of division so is this the but yes there's really divide the, you know community yeah that show on tv yeah, was they, they became the humans yeah yeah that was but I think that's probably, I mean, I think that's the trend. That's a trend of what you're going through. If probably, you can, yeah. And, but if that is the case, what does that do? What does an androgynous, you know, you know, non-sectarian, non-divisive stereotype do to, to, to language, to people, to, what, know, what does it do? language and culture. Yeah. It whittles down everything outside of a very small minority, very small window of, of thought, yeah. communication, trends. Yep. Every, but, I but, mean, but where? Cultural appropriation. The, the whole idea that you can't have X unless you're right. part of that, you know. But it's community. not communi- communism and it's not socialism. It's beyond that. It's outside of, of political and capitalistic, you know, structures. Complete authoritarian rule. Well, no. What I guess, I guess it, 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 that would be a a dark side of it would be authoritarian rule. Like as I'm like you know thinking this through, but I think one of the issues would be at this at, we'll at this juncture if we're gonna if we're heading that direction or whatever, that only is existing in developed countries. 
So it's only going to exist in places that actually think through that. The I've been in, in the outskirts of Ethiopia where they don't even have a TV. They don't have this issue. Yeah. So there's going to be reverting back to like what happened in previous civilizations where you have a, through that, that, I don't know, amalgamation of, you know, desensitized people, you have the rural, you have the, those that are outside of that, that thing. Those are the ones that rise up and actually have the, the power and the control mm. because all the other ones are kind of, they've diminished their self. And then it's whoever has stuff and is away from that thought process that can advance civilization. I mean, that's post-apocalyptic. I mean, that's like, that's a new movie. Yeah. So we're, we're headed towards a dark place. Possibly. Uh, I'll uh, die before it happens. I mean. Tribulation of the millennium. Uh, so. Mer, Mer, Moore's law advances technology, but not people. So <laughs> that's why it doesn't work in the church. So I mean, we'll see. AI overlord. That's what's going to happen. Um, Dude, that might be. I did pull. One, Google will win. I pulled one. Good <coughs> Apple news will not thing win out. that. Google will win. Oh yeah, well Google's got multiple AIs <laughs> that are apparently like working together now. Uh, Phenomenal. So, uh, real, real serious stuff. We would we would disagree with Buddhists from a religious worldview point of view for yes. almost everything, but we would probably you know applaud a move uh, here. Ne- Nepalese Buddhists uh, and their religious sites across the country mm-hmm. have banned. TikTok creators labeling them nuisances, saying, "No, you can't do that anymore. You are wow. taken away from." <laughs> so they're not allowed so, at the shrines. Well, well basically. done, uh, essentially. Yes, well done to our Nepalese Buddhist friends. Yeah, uh, find Jesus, but also good job on on yeah. Taking out TikTok. I mean, make it make a stand. No yeah. TikTokers. That's that's all that's going to do is increase the amount of TikTokers <laughs> that go there and try to TikTok. I mean, <laughs> and they're going to get some. Uh, Buddhist monk foot upside the head. Dude, um, well, you can't hurt people as a Buddhist. Are TikTok creators really people? They might not be. Yeah. But you can't hurt people as a Buddhist, so so how would they how would they persuade them to to not be there? Mm, you don't leave will light people on fire. Um You know, but I mean think about that. That's kind of like you have an intrinsically passive religion. Mm-hmm. Like built in that you know we're not going to destroy anything like I, we can't. Would it end up just being like epic Buddhist monk photo bombs? Like you have forty Buddhist monks creating a human wall behind you to. That's what it would. It would. It would. That's yeah. that. That's true. You know the the ones where they stack each other up and it looks yeah. like they're floating. Yeah, that's what's going to be. And, and or, it would just be a wall of orange and bald heads. Or uh, there might China. be this probably, like yeah. this like you know secret organization of of pre Buddhists that before you can actually become <laughs> Buddhist, you have to be like the Gestapo or like the mafia, like the Buddhist mafia. And after you've proven yourself, so, then you so can the go into Buddhism. Have to take out X number of TikToks right. before you're allowed into the right. So that's how you get in. And then once you're in, then you make the vow of you know no suffering, yeah. no pain, no no distortion. I mean, I, I don't want to kick us off the camp of uh, Christian Orthodoxy, but could we make that a part of church membership? Um, I think it is already. Okay, I think it is. It's I'm it's subtext. Yeah, we have secret people that you don't know about. Yeah, so, I mean. We can we can rewrite the uh, rewrite the Deacon bylaws again. We'll One just... of the things that you didn't bring up, which I thought was hilarious, and I only read a little bit of it, 
but I thought the news you were going to tell me about Russell Moore, who doesn't like gamers. Well, that is, Have is you this, read that and not read that? When did this come out? Oh, it was his big, huge article last week. Last week? Yeah, I, I thought for sure Russell you're Moore read, as as closely as that. I, I thought that was. Did. I thought this for sure. Silly, but understandable. He's crushing on gamers, saying it's destroying America. There's a lot of things destroying America. I know. I'm just saying. I just thought. I only read a little bit of it, and then I thought, really, really, he has he has become the Christian rabbi. <laughs> he is the Christian rabbi. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it, especially in somewhat Baptist world, because I know he's not like SBC anymore, but he is. Like so. No, he's 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 cut himself from that camp pretty thoroughly. Yeah, but and I mean, there were a lot of people with fiery torches and, and pitchforks on the the other side of it too. Yeah, but. So. I mean, he, he's still in our tribe. He's just, he's just. Uh, okay, I, sure. I mean, can he really, can he really separate himself? I mean, like, you spend fifty years of your life, you know, in a tribe. You're not getting out. You already got the tattoos. You already got all the other stuff. I mean, you're like, he's like in. So you can like excommunicate yourself. You can excommunicate yourself, but he's like the still there. Tattoo? What is the Baptist? Tattoo? Oh, the Baptist tattoo. Dude, it's the book with the uh, with the world and the star cross. And so you it's have not to get like that. a KFC bucket. <laughs> it might be. Okay, <laughs> you got to get Colonel Chicken in there. <laughs> so, anyways, but I thought that was like city. But he is for real. He's the rabbi. He's trying to help us take our Christian values and apply them in every situation, which I really appreciate. His books are good. He's solid on that. But in this instance, he's so right, but it is very interesting. See, this gamers, you're going to have to read it now. So that's news to you. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, we've already covered all the conspiracy theories. So that, yeah, okay. Yeah, the new, the new Latinx. I didn't see that on the chart. I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, gaming shifted, though. Mobile gaming is now predominantly the... Well, he was specifically talking about role-play games. I think he's still thinking about, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, but... Yeah, that's that's him being about 30 years behind. But he thinks the new one... And my one friend who's a professor here in town, who Which, I grew yes, up with, you, you can see he has his own game that he created that's, like, huge. Yeah. And people love it. And he's also a Christian and, like, an elder at his church, and he was like, what for game? real? It's a... Uh, um, TR no, that's things TRPGs or whatever, but it's uh Pathfinder. Okay. So I think it's Pathfinder. And it's, they're like four now, but that's his thing. Okay. Like it's like he's the boss. So but like it's funny. I think it's Pathfinder. I don't I don't know. I don't play those. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm, that. I, I don't keep up with, with I don't dress up much at all anymore. I don't I don't I, do I don't follow I don't do releases. World of Warcraft meetups. I don't do any of that. Yeah. World of Warcraft, I don't think, is as big as it once was. It's it shifted. Uh, I, I think the Battle Royale games have, have started to wane a little bit. So the Fort- Fortnite's? Yeah, Fortnite has peaked. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it got Call of Duty shifted over to it, but I think that's dropped off now, too. And, yeah, everybody's trying to find the, the next big thing. Dude. Phoenix plays hours. Zoom. Zuby game or something. Yeah. It's like animals. Kid animals are going around blowing each other up. Oh, yeah. It's kind but of funny. I, I saw some graphic. That's some, I don't even remember when I saw it, but mobile games have 
by far eclipsed anything with consoles or PC games. Yeah. Just because everybody on the planet has a well, phone. <clears throat> and the way that they're doing it now. I mean, it's really that whole subscription thing is ridiculous. And having yeah, to buy it, things once you're in the con- app. Yeah. That's... As somebody that grew up with video games, like you buy the game, you get the game. Yeah. But it's it's ongoing. The the crazy thing is when you have even a large game, mm-hmm. like will have stand power. They're they're not releasing games so much as platforms anymore. I agree. Within a gaming system. I agree. And they they'll release a software update that's an entire, mm-hmm. you know, new world or all of this content that, that moves into other stuff. I yeah. think uh, Destiny, which was kind of an offshoot mm-hmm. of some Halo stuff, was yeah. one of the first ones that did that. It was completely multiplayer and open world, and all these people were getting dropped in. And some crazy stuff now with gaming. Uh, that, that well, it's user content driven. I mean, like you have like Minecraft, who you go in, you build it, and everybody plays in the thing you built. I mean, like yeah, you have, that. there's that's that's becoming a huge thing. Skins are still it, a big deal. Is it Holland? What? I forget which nation it was, but they essentially. They hired some people and they built a fully functional national library within the Minecraft world. And That's you can awesome. go and it has basically all of their historical documents. That's and cool. it's a fully functional library within the Minecraft world. They are meta before meta. That's pretty yes. cool. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. But like you think like <clears throat> it's crazy. I mean, that's really crazy. Yeah. But there's some value to it. I just don't see it. it it's, man, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. You could say the same thing about television movies, which people have, mm-hmm. and it's, it, wh- where's the line that crosses? Yeah, the, you, what you look for, I think, in that is you look for, so, I did, a, I got sucked into a deep dive. Like, I know nobody cares about this, and you care, but I got sucked into it, and I ended up with um, this 1966 article by... With Doctor Eric Fromm, I don't know if you know Eric Fromm. He's one of my Mm-mm. like heroes, non-Christian, but um, I really do. And I didn't even know he wrote about this. But in 1966, he wrote about um a thing that was not a thing. Now it is a thing. Back then, it wasn't a thing called guaranteed income. So he proposed this idea that. Everybody needed to have a minimum level of income that was provided. So universal by, income, which a lot of people right. were trying to get. Now it's happening. a big deal. Yeah. So that's how I got into the deep dive and yeah, found yeah. this article. But one of the interesting things that he communicates <clears throat> is that. Feed the bears. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that he communicates is this kind of offshoot in the article about he's kind of talking about some of the problems if you give a guaranteed income and mm-hmm. some of the good things that you can get. Like he's going back and forth on this, like, yeah, you know, yeah. list of positives and negatives. But one of the interesting things that he communicates is that if you want to have guaranteed income or a type of, you know, assistance to get everybody the same level, Mm. one of the things that you have to have is you have to understand that at some point people will not use the dollars that you give them for altruistic purposes they're only going to use it for so he has a belief like we christians believe even though he's not a christian that that at the heart of every human is a self-preserving selfish nature yeah and so if you give someone a guaranteed income 
the thing that has to happen is there has to be a large cultural expression that for the good of humanity, everyone has to agree that that a guaranteed income has to be for public use cultural expressions. And so that's what, like, he goes into this, like, you know, argument about at some point, all of these things that we love and we enjoy, we will wrestle with and see as selfish. But if they're really going to have value to grow the country and the nation and the world and humanity, there has to be a willingness to sacrifice the self to provide something that's for the public good. And he said that becomes the great determinator of what you what you do. So like for instance, is there any public good that comes from these gaming? Like is there like 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 Holland, what they did is they took a platform and they said, okay, what can we do? We can bring public good by creating a library system within this gaming and people can interact. Yeah. Public good. So that's where he goes off and he starts saying that how do you measure a thing's value to to move the world forward? And ultimately it has to be public source, public good. And then the only way you can sustain that is everybody has to, on their own personal level, decide they're willing to sacrifice something personally to produce a public work. And so he said that if, if we're going to move, ultimately we have to get back to the things that are good. So like a national parks system, mm. outdoor spaces, free knowledge, you know, free education, you know, stuff that allows for people to, to benefit from it. But anything that produces a higher sense of selfishness and a higher sense of, you know, uh, personal gain to like hold on to, it's just me and my family, it gets better. That will ultimately dissolve the solution. So he said, you cannot give a, a, a guaranteed income until you first start attacking the culture of how people are going to use their dollars that they're given. And if you don't attach that, and so then I would say as a Christian, you can't get there unless you have a bunch of people who are redeemed because nobody's going to take their money. I mean, we just saw it. Everybody got all these dollars that they used that they could have paid off their debt, yeah. but they didn't. They went out and bought cars. They went out and bought, you know, went on vacations. They went on And then they come out of it and they go, oh, the money stopped. I got to go get a job. Yeah. I mean, it's like crazy, you know? So, so we see that people are not going There's to take- people that- didn't go get a job. They're just like, give me more money. Yeah. So, so I think that that's one of the things where his 1966, so think about this 1966 oh, yeah. document is in play today through this. And so it's Atlas Shrug, man. Is it producers and consumers? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Atlas Shrug. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So, yeah. and don't feed the bears. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what, what, what happened to John? Somebody? What's his name? John Krakauer? No, that's no. the. Isn't that the wrote into the wild? Uh, what no. that's like the whole thing with the, is it Atlas Shrug? That's the you know what happened to John? Oh, who is John Galt? Who is John Galt? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Those billboards were everywhere. I didn't know what that was. It, uh, they tried to make movies. The first one had a, a little bit of drive. Then there was two really bad sequels. I don't right. even think I watched the third one. Uh, they were all. Yeah. Free online. Uh, yeah. Point. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, we probably hit an hour at this point. We haven't even touched the subject matter. So, thank uh, you. Forty-seven minutes. We're good, <laughs> dude. That that's probably the longest banter we've uh, ever recorded. Most so. of that wasn't banter. I mean, that was legitimate, beyond banter. 
Yeah. Well, if you're tuning chasing in for, rabbits, if you're tuning in for things other than the main uh, subject matter, well, we got you covered. Well, this uh, one everybody knows about in this one for the the subject matter. Okay. Well, there, everybody knows go. about so, this one. This is this is probably if we're talking about a viewpoint that you've been taught in church, at least the American church. Um, yeah, this is going to be the one that you you kind of default to on the millennial viewpoint. So agreed. Yeah, this is you know left behind. This is the the fan fiction, and as we were talking, you know, origins of this really within your American church system, mm-hmm. some of your most well-known study Bibles through the decades here. So we were talking about Ryrie, Schofield, right. MacArthur. Um, you know, this, this became popular and then got picked up by uh, a lot of your predominant faith leaders and then even into the seminaries. So this got, got spread out, but pre-millennial view. Uh, and this is, again, we're, we're talking about uh, the millennium, as as seen in Revelation chapter twenty, right. um, futurist camp. So this is yet to come. We're we're not in the middle of it. It's not something that's already happened. This is all stuff that's that's out in the future. And then this also gets kind of subdivided according to the tribulation. So two big two big ideas out of this is are the rapture and the tribulation. Yes. So the rapture we believe is actually going to be happening. And this is, this is a big part of pre-mill that mm-hmm. the church believers get raptured out. Uh, and then it's, do they get raptured out? The tribulation is the seven year period of, mm-hmm. of bad stuff. Uh, and bowls, it's all the bowls being yeah, poured out. The, the, the pre-trib pre-mill is your fundamental American. We're going to get out before the bad stuff. Jesus comes back. Yep. We get pulled out. There's seven years. Come back. There's mid-trib, where mm-hmm. some of it's happening. We, we don't have to go through all of it. Then post-trib, yeah. you know, congratulations, believer. You're going right. through it like everybody else. Uh, but it's all moving towards a literal thousand years, right? Yes. So. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> if you're premillennialism, then you do believe in a literal thousand years. Yeah. If you're amillennialism, you don't believe in a literal. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're okay with, you know... Because awe was no. Yes. So you think it's like, you know, allegory. It was or, a segment of time, but it wasn't, right. wasn't specifically a thousand years. Post-millennialism you do believe, but you had to go through all that. So yeah. pre-millennialism, you're getting out. You're not experiencing it. You're good. Uh, again, all these believe that Christ is coming back. All believe in the parousia. You know, all believe in, in what's going to happen. Um, the I think where... And you said it was Schofield and Ryrie, the the um the others that Charles Hagee, yeah, yeah. Hagee. I mean, like these guys. I mean, I, I would say you know Josh John MacArthur. You know, there's a, there's a lot of evangelicals that still hold on to this as as their thing, and it's not inaccurate. If you want to believe it, you're not going to mess up the Bible. You're not going to anything. But I think what happens here is you you. You see a lot of people who have this belief who build a type of fanciful uh, understanding, ex- exploration of all of those allegorical or apocalyptic elements. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you kind of get crazy, is they start to expand outside of what the Bible says and paint a picture. So this was like I was talking about before, like, like those locusts that are going to come as a plague are going to be, you know, 
you know, helicopters that are shooting, you know, ground to air, I mean, uh, air to surface missiles, you know? So like, so like those are the kind of things that they start to do because they're still trying to acculturate it to understand, but nobody that heard this the very first time understood it that way. I also think that what undercuts this right off the bat is for me, the reason why I'm not a premillennialist is John is writing and sending these letters to people who are in the midst of tribulation. Mm. They're taking the mark of Caesar. They're not able to uh, do anything unless they take the mark of Caesar. They're being hung on crosses. They're being burned. They're being, just because they're Christians, they believe in Jesus Christ. So, so they are facing it. So for them, they didn't get out. Yeah. They went through a tribulation. And so I don't know how to resolve that. That's what's difficult for me. If I go with this, then at some point I'm saying I'm not going to go through a through the tribulation. I'm not going to go through that. But for them, they're in the midst of tribulation. I think for all of us, we're in the midst of a tribulation. Mm. And so that's where I'm more amillennial. I, I, I have a hard time seeing the ultimate tribulation that's coming as the thing that we're looking for. Yeah, so throughout church history, lots of horrible things, yeah. including persecution, horrible. martyrdom, horrible. tortures, yeah. all of this stuff. And the seven years are supposed to be worse than all of that yeah. stuff. And I'm okay with that. I mean, because I watched the you know Left Behind movies. I've I you know yeah. I heard Tim Mahay you know at a conference, and I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm cool with it. If you want to go that way, it's fine. It does not bother me. I mean, you you can be a Christian and still believe that. I just find it hard to believe that Christ through John would communicate something to the church that they would then start to be envious of. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like we have to look at, like, so we're going through this tribulation, but there's going to be people that get out. There's going to be people that don't have to suffer. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, like, like so, so when you have Christ who says, if you suffer like me, you're going to be treasured. You know, you're going to be blessed. Like, expect it. So, like, you know, Christ didn't get out of it. He had to go through it, so why wouldn't we go through it? So I think the church that exists, ultimately, when the trumpet blows, and Jesus comes back, and there's wrath being poured out, whatever church exists at that time will have the same purpose as the church that exists now, which is our job is to point people to Jesus so they realize there's a big, huge difference between, you know, heaven and hell, and, and they're suffering through that, and they're pointing people to Jesus will make it. Now, the caveat here is the people that believe in premillennialism, people that believe in pre-tribulation, Right? We saw this at Left Behind Huge, is that there is there are people who believe in Jesus Christ in the midst of tribulation. Yes. So that's their caveat. So they don't completely... So within pre-meal, the viewpoint is there's a segment of believers prior to tribulation and the return of Jesus Christ Boom, they're gone. that are raptured either yep. some point within the tribulation period, but then the millennial reign is still not... They're perfected in kingdom. It's yes. a mix of believers, some of which are ruling, mm-hmm. and people can still come to believe in Jesus Christ and follow him. Mm-hmm. But there's a mix of unbelievers and believers, right? Yes. So so you just articulated that very well. And that's that's I think where where when you see some of the logic and then how they realize, okay, the church can't be completely gone because there's not a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. So there has to be still a church age. It's just what that church age then is purposed to do. And the struggle that I have with that as they move in there, there's no Holy Spirit. 
So how does a church exist without a Holy Spirit? So if Jesus Christ is in his form mm. and he is coming back and the Holy Spirit has been removed outside of the two evangelists that are going to be given during this time, who's going to be proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ, that the world is going to kill and they're going to wake back up and you know tell everybody. Mm. So if there's no presence of God, can a church exist? So that's what's difficult for me. Mm. So... Yeah. um. So so in that, you have to push back, well, how do they make that happen? Well, that's where people that have a predestinationist viewpoint or like God has already declared these people as chosen, mm -hmm. they become aware of their chosenness through their plight, and they choose in the midst of a great struggle to come to Christ. And so they're... they're they're tied to choose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, but I mean, yes, but I mean, that's kind of the, the <laughs> yeah, tension yeah, yeah. there. But so they're they're coming to Christ because they've been predestined, even though through amidst uh, a great trouble or a struggle or whatever. So that's the that's the real thing that this stalt stalt so get kind of sticky because you have once you pick a track, you gotta you gotta run it and you gotta get that track all the way to the end. And so that's the that's why I don't pick a track. Mm. So so that's millennial, yeah, yeah, pan millennial. So that's it. And I think that um, what we're also looking at is there is this final huge battle, final destruction. All of them believe that. But Christians aren't going to be there. Saints are going to be stowed away. They're going to be held captive, and they're going to be released. And then after everything's destroyed and Satan's locked up, then that's that where that, that millennium comes in. Yeah. So this kind of like peace on earth, Christ is the final head, and then there's this final battle, this final you know uprooting, and new heaven and new earth is made. Christ is on his eternal throne. And everybody's in in glory, both white throne judgment. Yeah, then finally yeah. gets there. Yeah, so all the gotcha. pre-trib people, all the 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 pre uh, people who came to Christ during the church age, the pre-trib people, the people that were in the midst of tribulation that accepted Christ, mm. everybody Kirk gets Cameron. to go. Yeah, yeah, Kirk Cameron, everybody gets to go. That's good. Does anybody know? Nobody knows that anymore. I, don't think. <laughs> I think the Watch Th Left nobody Behind. Nobody knows Kurt Cameron? Left or, Behind yeah, is like a complete... Yeah, yeah, Left Behind is a complete... They only got through what? Three of the movies? Two of the movies. I think they had all the movies, right? No. They didn't get no, all no, the movies? They wrote like 900 books. No. Uh, I, I think they only did like two or three of the movies, but I know... There's no White Throne Judgment movie? I don't think so. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, I but yeah, there is like seven or eight books. Yeah. They they never they never made it all the way through them. I think it was too many yeah. fights. Um, <laughs> is that... Is that uh, canceling out predators? Between, <laughs> between Tim, La Haye and Tim Jenkins? Lahey's demonstrating predators. Was it wrong. Tim Jenkins? Who was that guy's name? <laughs> yeah, was yeah. It Tim Jenkins. Uh, but so, yeah, yeah, Kirk Cameron in, in in the movie is the one that gets left behind, so he's not right. raptured out, but then believes in Jesus Christ. So. Yeah, the, the one scene that always comes to mind is, didn't Cameron he go to the church? He goes to the church, yeah, he goes and to the it's church. the one pastor that's still there. Yeah. It's kind of unbelieving, and like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so he's struggling with it, but he doesn't get any solace even in the church. Mm. That was a, that was, that's the, out of all the movies, that's the thing that stuck with me that I remember when I think about this, mm. you know, but it was such a, um, it was such an interesting thing. But see, th for me, there's, was it No Return? There's a whole bunch of movies that I had to watch when I was a kid that we had, we were made to watch, you know, it was like, that was part of Youth like, Night. Yeah, 80s and, and 90s, whole, there was a, a real, preoccupation with the church if with end time stuff yeah well there is now it's just different i mean but but there there uh, 
I mean, it's still like something of interest, but I feel like it was like there were books and movies and all all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, of end times. Well, I mean, Reaganomics was over, and so there was this like dystopian like thing that was happening in the United States. Two thousand was coming, and everybody like that's a big thing. Two thousand was coming. Yeah, I mean that was. But see, most of the movies I watched were from the seventies. Yeah. I mean, that's what, and so you got to think that was even back then. The Jesus movement people were the ones that were producing these movies, all the, mm. their bankrollers for them, and they're trying to engage a culture that, that wasn't listening. So, so it was interesting. But I, I, what I find interesting, like with those movies, is you basically take that Schofield theology mm. so, and everything that, propones, uh, that, that comes from proponing that or, or, or moving forward with that, that theology. So you take that theology. And then you move it into a culturally accepted form of, of display or media, you know, so these movies. And you really then start to see how it plays out to influence people. Because I was a product of that. Like, I was influenced. I remember when I watched that No Return is about this, I think it was No Return, this four kids that went to a party were in a car accident and smashed. And then this giant black screen comes up, and then it's their yeah. life. And one by one, you're watching them make a life choice. Mm-hmm. And only one of them in the car is a Christian. And so every single one of them you see, and then they go to, you know, they get thrown into to hell. And then they're saying every single time, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. And they're all talking to that one Christian. And the Christian's last story is all these opportunities when they felt like they were. And so at some point there's a no return. There's a, there's a point where you can't go track it. And so like even that theology of this crazy, you know, dispensational, you know, or this well-founded dispensational thought process and these beliefs and everything, still what impacted me was not the theology behind it, not the way that Schofield and people interpreted him and Hagee and everything. It was still what came across was the fact that we're all going to be called to judgment and that there are some of us that have been called because we're believers, to tell other people. And so I didn't even get all of the crazy theology. What I got was this just intense concept that time's short and God's called us to a mission. And I think that is what's needed today. So just depending on whatever theology you have, whatever concepts you have about doctrinal things, about revelation, all this stuff, if we read this as Christians and we don't come to the fact that, one, Jesus wins, ultimately we're winners in him, and there is, a, there is something coming that we don't understand but is certain, and the bridegroom and the, the bride are important factors to be ready. You know, Our job is to be ready for Jesus when he comes back. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't come across in your reading of Revelation or reading the Gospels, then that's a mess. That's, that's messed up. All this other stuff, if you want to believe whatever you want to believe, I don't really care. But if you don't get this intentionality, just like me, when I, got, when I saw that video, if you don't get this intentionality, if that doesn't come across, then that's when you need to really check your salvation. Because I think that's what, we can dole it out through entertainment, we can dole it out through all this other stuff, but at, at some point, if there's not this concern for our own salvation and this concern for other salvation, then we need to check our whether we're really saved or not. Because I think that's the text. That's what Revelation produces. That's what all of this end time should, stuff should produce, is the desire to see more people come to Christ. 
And that, what I would say, would be, you know, the last word. Okay. We win. Don't be alone. Bring yeah. somebody along. I like it. So that'll wrap up millennial views. Are we going to do millennialism? millennialism. We're not, we, I know we didn't talk about that. What, what, what was millennialism? It's, a, it's just a stupid one. I mean, it's the the fourth view, but not many people use it. So it's just the um, most of the church fathers believed in a millennial reign because they were they were biblical and they they read the Bible just like I believe in a millennial reign. But uh, what began to happen, and that's what's I think twisted our our modern understanding. People began to take and understand that the millennialism mm. or millennial viewpoint of that there is this millennial stuff and that Jesus is on the throne is what produces some of the ideas or concepts about heaven or paradise in which I'm just going to get to enjoy all the goodness and all the greatness things that I like to enjoy here on earth. Yeah. I think that is probably the most pervasive, even though it, it began around the 1700s and it began with, you know, trying people to point to like piety and holiness and mm. all that. What has populated over time has continued to develop into a kind of personal heaven so that yeah. you get people that go, I'm going to play golf every day or I'm going fishing every day in heaven. You know, that is still what I hear as the, like when I do funerals and I have people talk to me about it that are somewhat even biblically literate. Mm. They still have this viewpoint. He's up there, got his wings, and he's playing the golden 18. Yep. Yeah. And so I think that to me. Like, what? You're not an angel, people. Yeah. That okay. to me I'm, is I'm, this. I'm, yes. I got a pet peeve, man. You're, yeah. <laughs> your, your family member is not an angel. Right. You are not an angel. You will not be an angel. Right. That is a different created order. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not. You don't want to be an angel. Because <laughs> you're going to yes. be judged by your brothers and sisters. So, but to me, that is still that, 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 that ideological millennial reign view is still very pervasive in the church among all denominations and also in our culture. And I think it does a disservice to exactly what heaven is. Is that some syncretism with Eastern mysticism and and kind of a Nirvana thing? What was talking about Robin Williams? Yeah. What was that? Oh, um, the one where he was in the painting was really cool. Oh um, yeah, and then he went into hell, and Cuba Gooding Jr. was his, his what, son. What that was, was that? Son. That was that had a uh something requiem. Yeah, I think that a requiem that might be for it. something or requiem what, for a dream. Yeah, requiem for a dream. I yeah, think that's it. yeah, 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 yeah. The other one that is crazy is the one with Jim Carrey, and he goes tripping. Oh, where he has his memories erased. Yeah, and he's I like, I don't think I've a, ever actually seen that. I know what you're so, talking about. So, so, so I would agree all those things. So, only problem with. Most most of us haven't explored like Eastern mysticism and stuff, and I, and I'm I just got like a little tiny bit, but but most of the problem, the idea of Nirvana, isn't it's not a place. Yeah, it's just a perfected state. Yeah, it's and so you really just join an energy force, mm. and and so you're you move into a position of enlightenment where you are one with the with yeah. the the cosmos, and even even the Book of the Dead, which is and this is, uh, this is really way kind of, of proved one of the hardest things as far as missions work within, you know, Eastern religions, mm-hmm. especially Buddhist, where there's not necessarily a deity figure. Even. Yeah. It's a force or good and evil. Mm-hmm. And there's a, you know, transfer. And even on, on some levels, not the Jains, uh, 
I want to say it might have been Buddhist, but there's an acceptance of outside ideas. Mm-hmm. So they'll agree with the missionary yeah. telling them the gospel, going, yes, that's very good. I, we, we can believe that. Yeah. But it's still not adhered yeah, pluralism. to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pluralism. And, and, and so, and so that's, what's, that's what's hard. That's why. So Japan is, yeah. you know, 100 years of missionaries, and they've barely made a dent. Yeah. yeah. My devotional this morning was, uh, was a reminder that nowhere in the gospel and nowhere in the New Testament does it talk about salvation from anything other than believing in Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, so you're not like your heart isn't changed. You're, you know, everything revolves around you have to believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior and Lord. That's what that, that, that is believing. And so the problem with it's inclusivity and exclusivity, it is yes. absolutely inclusive in that every human being may come to know yes. the person of Jesus Christ. It is absolutely exclusive in that Jesus Christ is the only, only way to way. the Father. Yep, and I think that's where like the New Testament, they had to be really, really hardcore about this because they were coming out of a religion mm-hmm. that believed God as Father, mm-hmm. as the only representation of himself, was coming head-to-head with this Christian ideal of Jesus as the, the Savior. And so they were in the midst of pluralistic mystic religions where they're trying to help people to understand you cannot have two competing ideas as your Savior. And that's Jesus taught that. You got to love one or hate the other. You cannot have that. Yet we live in a world where pluralistic, you know, pursuits are completely okay because we're getting to an androgynous, you know, non-sectarian. Subjective truth. Yeah, subjective truth. So. I'm I'm very interested in the book that you're your author. I mean, you're you're uh, lyricing. I don't know. What do you say? Narrating. Narrating. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I have had to say a few bad words. Don't, caveat, mom. Uh, don't listen to this. Yeah, um, I won't. I won't listen to that. <laughs> you didn't bleep it. I, not quite. Uh. Anyway, I just think it's as cool forever. Your voice is going to be somewhere. Mm. forever actually because of the content and and political uh art my parents kind of made a, a good point They're like is your name going to be on that because <laughs> that's you, as reader you'll be as reader gonna, writer narrator gonna, yeah uh, i'm gonna get doxxed and then i'll have the the federal government come to my front door uh okay <laughs> so that'll that'll do it for today probably longest podcast ever thank you for listening and as always we'll be on something new next time um actually should should we just flip to the other end and kind of cover you know creation viewpoints or is since that's getting covered on on wednesdays at some point should pastor manny what's something that has different viewpoints that we need to cover i don't know our church didn't teach this i don't know i don't teach a lot of stuff so like this is like there's a whole bunch of stuff that we could talk about just the oh, stuff yeah, i don't yeah, teach yeah. on sunday um i have a really narrow thing of what what things need to be talked about so it's hard for me um we could talk about creation. Pastor Max is going to be going in there, but uh, there's let's, so much on the revelation dip. that let's we haven't even dip. talked about. Oh, I know. What is it? I mean, but nobody's listening, so. But, but yeah, <laughs> well, we could talk about. Not at this point. We but, could talk about that. We could talk about. Um, uh, if you're over an hour in, God bless you. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, ask people. What do y'all want to talk about? We'll talk about it. And yeah, then, I mean, we've asked them. Even stuff I don't know, I'll talk about. I'm very good at that. Heresies? Could we do heresies? Oh. I hate hair. That's really tough. I would be I'd have to. I'd have to read a lot to feel like I could yeah, talk about that. Okay, well, let's not do that. Let's don't heresies uh, right away. <laughs> Modalism, Patrick. So, yes. So yeah, heresies are difficult for me because. All right. So, just the same thing with my revelation view. 
The problem I have with heresies is that at some point there is some objective truth that they're trying to express yeah. with a language that is not very expressive. And so what you have is you have two different viewpoints, and as long as they're not arguing against anything that, that changes the personal dynamic of Jesus and the salvific work mm. of Jesus, then I think it's okay. So I'm okay if you're a heretic against the church because the church is not the author of everything. Ooh, see now that see, now you're so, getting, now you're you're ruffling feathers with the Catholics. Oh yeah, uh, the Catholics and the the hardcore Baptists and everything. I don't think that at some point the church humanity and pastor yeah are not we're final not the final figures. authority. Yeah. and we are not. We are. I am just the same as every single else person in the pew. I don't know everything, and I have the Holy Spirit to help guide me, and that's it. And so at some point, some of my language is not going to help make sense. Like I have a friend who, pastor, his dad went to a church service, a revival, not a Christian. His, his, no, his grandfather went to a, a church service. This guy preached about space. And at that point, he hmm. talked about that he was undermining this guy's viewpoint that the world was like the only thing that there was. Yeah. Because he came from a, I mean, he was like 102 years old or something. I mean, this is like a long time ago. And so he okay. came from a background where the world is it. Geocentric? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The world is it. I mean, I know that there's the sun and stuff, but that's it. And when he started talking about, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of, I would say that. I mean, before flat earth was yeah. a thing, but but that's what that was his viewpoint of the world. And when he heard this pastor talking about how you have to believe in a cosmological God and all this other stuff, it was so beyond him mm-hmm. that he said, if that guy believes in a God who died and rose again, and he believes that, I'm not going on that direction. And so that one sermon that he heard about a guy who is on his stump declaring that you have to have this cosmological viewpoint and this has been existent since the heavens and da 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 and and Galileo and all this other stuff, all that stuff, this dude left there going, I ain't going back. And so that's why I have a hard time. Like when you start like pulling all this stuff in, you start refuting, you start going back and forth, you start to... There's it's, so much that doesn't matter that you could lead people away. Of of apologetics in yes. We want to get to the right answer, but if we have lost the primary drive of pointing people to Jesus Christ, yeah. we have fallen into error. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well said. Yeah. And so for me, when it comes down to it, I'm always going to go, eh, I don't care. What about Jesus? Yeah. Because I think that's what the bottom line is. And that's where maybe... It's important to know what you believe. It's important to, to try yes. and be as right as possible, but the yeah. primary thing has to be the primary thing. Yeah. Yeah, if you abandon the primary thing, then you're a heretic. That's that's where heresy. Yeah. That's where heresy exists. So so there are heresies that abandon the primary thing. We call them cults, but there are yeah. heresies that are like that. There's a bunch of them. Catholic Church got a bunch of them. Baptist got a bunch of them. We got a bunch of them. So we can talk about those. It'll be fun. Yeah. But KFC bucket. Okay. <laughs> KFC bucket. We'll come up with something. As as you can tell, there's different viewpoints on a lot of stuff. So all right. Until next time, we'll we'll be on a new topic for episode 120. Until then, God bless you. Thank you for listening.